Hey, it's Tardy to the part. He is William, and I am Danielle. Are you arriving? This not a longer version of my name. What? We're gonna talk about what? <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about our me and my both my most uh, imperial. Oh my god, okay. I really can't do this well at all. Focus. I know this. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an adjective that Bill Ted would use. I'm trying to think of like a positive because they. That's one of the best things about Bill and Ted is that they're stupid, but they have such Dodacious, rich vocabulary. Excellent. Well, you don't want to rely gnarly. on like. There's just a think of the just think of Super Mario World uh, Star Road levels. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, that's that's one of the things I was gonna say. You, when you're trying to talk about Bill, uh, Bill and Ted, you run the risk of accidentally sounding like a '90s uh, candy commercial, or where it's all just bodacious, or like a bad, or like Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. Because there, mm-hmm. there, of course, some of that there's in Bill and Ted, but also they'll ta- they'll say you they'll you'll use words like loquacious. Which, why didn't I think of that just three minutes earlier? Totally <laughs> before, did it, dude. Rather than Imperius. Imperius. I mean, Imperius Maximus. you evil Bill and Ted, you'd be like, my most Imperius master, Denomalos. Um, yeah, yeah. This, we're, we, mm. we, this is continuing. This is our, what, our fourth week of talking about stuff that we like? Yeah, Bill and Jay. Oh, bucking the trend of Tardy the Party's uh, uh, Magnus Opus. Mantra, whatever it is, or our uh, manifest destiny, where we're supposed to be talking about things that we've never seen before. But uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, in order to reward ourselves after a particularly rocky, awful April, <laughs> we decided to treat ourselves to a month of talking about stuff we do love, we both love, and that we both consider to be at least somewhat underrated. And yeah. again, kind of like Clue, this is another thing where it's not. It's hard to say it's quite underrated, but man, I fucking love this movie so much. This is definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, and uh, this is, I like the fact that we're doing this now, too, because um, we just did Bogus Journey uh, just a couple weeks ago, not that long ago, just like earlier this spring. Um, uh, you had, you know, you, you, you had seen that movie a whole bunch, but... I had only seen it once and fell asleep halfway through <laughs> on opening day, so that was a good excuse mm-hmm. to, to use that as a project for Tired of the Party. But mm-hmm. the original film, 1989's uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, is, yeah, I've, I see this movie like once a season, <laughs> like multiple yeah. times per year. If it's like, oh, the weather's changing, the winds are blowing, time to watch Bill and Ted again. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is probably the third time I've watched Bill and Ted this year. <laughs> so I've watched a couple. Hey, there you go. Which is why I feel like a little bit like you took a bullet from me because I love this movie, but you said you have not seen it in a long, 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 long time. You like this movie, yeah. but I don't think you're. I have this torrid love affair with this movie. There could be a Titanic level dramatic film about my relationship, my deep abiding love uh, from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I would totally draw Bill and Ted's bogus, uh, Bill, not Bill, oh, bogus journey too, but I would totally draw uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure naked on a couch with, with my <laughs> smoldering eyes. And, mm. um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. It's fine. My loquacious partner. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's cute enough. It's cute enough. Oh, I just spent five minutes going off about it. You're like, eh, it didn't give me cancer. <laughs> No, it's cute. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not hilarious. That's the um, thing. I have no idea why this movie has wormed its way into my soul as much as it has. 
Cause it and Little Women, you can't explain why you love them. Yeah, there's so. You know what? I think a big part of it is, I think not even because yeah, Bill and Ted. I I mean, there's a couple moments in this movie that I do legitimately think are knee slappingly hilarious, but it's not like a laugh a minute, like laugh out loud comedy. Mm-hmm. It's more that the heroes. It's such an affable movie. Uh, I think that's what it is because yeah. um, the, the characters are so stupid, but are so well-meaning. And I love mm-hmm. that this movie uh, is not, like, punching down at its own protagonist. It's not like, like, oh, my God, look how stupid these guys are. There's a little bit of that in the movie, but it's still, like, Bill and Ted always mean well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even when they're calling each other fags halfway through the film, which is the only kind of questionable part of this film. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least the only part that has maybe not necessarily aged all the well. And that's something, we talked about this in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That's, that's something that even writers and... I think even uh, uh, Alex Winter and, and who's the other guy? Oh, I don't know. Some nobody. John Wick, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> he even, yeah, even they're like, uh, maybe the, if we did that again this, these days, we, we wouldn't do that. But yeah, no, shocking. it's such a, and it's also everyone, especially now this huge wave of 80s nostalgia, everyone's like latching onto like the mid 80s kind of Spielberg-y, John Williams-y synth wave kind of part of the 80s and i like how this is a little bit later where it's kind of like the bad hair metal kind of shitty day glow part of the 80s which yeah. i think is kind of underserved when we're talking about 80s nostalgia um that's kind of one of the things i kind of prefer about this over bogus journey because bogus journey is a little more like early 90s grunge rock like really mm. kind of you know, but kind of nasty, kind of dirty, just kind of like, but also kind of cheesy, dirty. shitty grunge rock. Mm. Whereas Bill, this is more like just affable, like shitty, yeah, hair metal, and just kind of, I don't know. Well, you said that, but for being as into rock and roll as these two dudes are, and how they're always like Iron Maiden and stuff, yeah. really, the the soundtrack leaves a lot to be desired as far as bands and songs go. Yeah, well, this is such a small under budget movie that I don't think they. I kind of oh, wonder if they had a budget, like who. I mean, I was, I assume they would actually get some Van Halen and maybe some Def Leppard or something in the soundtrack. But yeah, no, it's all really like rinky-dink music. I, I like the like. I mean, then again, I, I, I like the uh, the music in this movie just because it is the music in this movie, and I just like it uh, just by yeah. virtue of like Stockholm Syndrome. But yeah, for a movie that's all about music, it's yeah. You think it would be a would have a harder hitting soundtrack, especially you know this is a couple years after Dirty Dancing hit, and so they could have tried to assemble some kind of like badass soundtrack to accompany the film. And yeah. uh, no, I, there's now. Yeah. Well, speaking of music from the film, I fucking love though the main title theme, the 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 Camp Breakaway. I've used that a couple times on the podcast, and actually even before we started Tardy the Party, I always thought about if i ever had my own podcast that was just me talking about stuff i'd be tempted to use that as the theme because something about the music just gets me super hyped for the adventure to come Mm. in this movie whenever i hear like like that drum beat at the beginning of the film and the orion credits and there's something so perfectly like late 80s about it it just gets me excited even though this is such a milk toast little adventure this is totally uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. The adventure should totally be in, in air quotes because it's like they go here, they go yeah. there, they get scared. They almost yeah. Get... They spend like three minutes at each place, if that. Yeah, and then they do some chores, and then they give a presentation, and they win and go home. <laughs> that is the yeah. adventure. But yeah, I'm seriously curious to see what you think because, like I said, yeah, you're not quite as slavishly devoted to this film, and I know you're a man of your own strong opinions. 
about stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, just also, I just hope this is not me uh, raving every five minutes. Like, oh, Daniel, wait, hold on. I got to give you some trivia about this. I love this part. This it's is gonna the best be another part of Little Women. Yeah, and you're going to be like, and then they do the thing. And then I'm like, oh my god, but you, the, the, this, this next scene is the best part. <laughs> like, It'll be, probably be that. Oh, but... Um, I didn't really actually take much in the way of notes. I did notice for the first time a major... Um, I mean, it's not... It's, it's hard to, like, poke specific plot holes in how time travel in this movie works because it's not really designed what? to make any sense but i oh, did find something okay i was I about to say you can po- you can drive semis <laughs> through the plot holes when it comes to time travel I know. well that's the, it's the well, we'll get to that that's not, that's not towards the end of the film but um yeah what's your history with bill and ted yourself like you've seen it but um, like it's... my my sister had a huge crush on keanu reeves so no really bogus oh. journey were watched a lot back in the house uh-huh. uh i watched it uh, and my my tiny little, probably ten, nine, nine, ten year old brain mm-hmm. made this movie out to be a lot more dirty than it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so going back and watching it, I was like, no, not necessarily. It's not like just, there's anything close it just to nudity or like, anything in it. But no, they just, I just felt like there were more dirty jokes or innuendos and uh, yeah, the stuff like that. Dirtiest the movie probably gets with is with Bill's mom. Yeah. And yeah, I guess probably the dirtiest mo- a moment in the whole film is when she bends over to give them snacks. Mm-hmm. And even then, that's pretty. <laughs> that You're like, can... whoa, an A cup. <laughs> She's bending down. You can see like a half an inch of bra, and that's like, yeah, it's it's. But a... it was the '80s, and they were teenagers. Yeah, and this <laughs> is, you this took is what a... you could get back then. Yeah, this is a PG movie that was practically in the children's section at the video store. So this is about as titillating as you're probably going to get on a Saturday afternoon when you're like. 12 watching this movie but yeah bill and ted's fucking excellent adventure how does this start it starts with uh the future where a giant gold gem is spinning or to be more correct a giant piece of wood carved to look like a gem and painted gold oh yeah spinning. i never even thought about that man but, don't you ruin my watch, illusions about this watch, film. <laughs> watching it you can like in higher definition you can really see the wood grain in it which you know it's a movie that's the era that's fine yeah i i i uh, we're both watching the same version of the film and th- i think this may be the first time i've watched it in quote-unquote hd whatever definition this is and there's a couple things in this film like i noticed uh Towards the end, you can really tell that Abraham Lincoln, like, he's got a mole on his cheek. It's like a piece of bubble gum they stuck to his face. It's not even... Yeah. They didn't even try to blend it in. It's like a piece of wood putty. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's... Well, hey, it's a, it's a cheap science fiction film from 1989. I mean... Yeah. But still, yeah. Hmm. Uh, youngish George Carlton. Carlin, not Carlton. Wow. That's a different, different character. What 80s did you grow up in? Yeah. Well, you grew up in a... <laughs> yeah, that's a different piece of 80s right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tells us this year 2,688. Which I guess makes that exactly and, 80, one, 700 years after the film was supposed to have come out in 1988. Mm. And everything's fucking amazing. I love this. But it almost wasn't amazing because the two great ones ran into some problems. So he had to go into the past and help them out. Yeah. And then and it's, it's. I love it. <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't. I just have to admit that every time you speak, it's just the slow uh, motion of the roller coaster going uphill on the chains. And then as soon as we get to the top, this is my favorite part. (laughs) And I freak out for five minutes. 
I yeah. do love how mundanely awesome the future is supposed to be in George Carlin's description because it's all just about bowling scores and golf score, mini miniature golf scores. I do like how mm-hmm. they're not trying to oversell how great it is. Um, I think the most science fiction-y, like, Star Trek idyllic thing they have about the future is like, at the very end when he uh, mentions about how we can communicate from every, uh, from, uh, with everybody from, like, interstellar, uh, interstellar beings to, like, household pets. But I just love how yeah. mundanely awesome the future is supposed to be. And we get more specifically get to see this future in the second film. But I just kind of like it's just really nice. It's not super awesome. It's just kind of quaint. I always like that. He, but he anyway. said it's super awesome. Yeah. It's anyway, low stakes. It, and then it's we see Bill and Ted, and they're saying who they are into a camcorder, yeah. and they're wild stallions. You know what I just realized, uh, too? This is a very Back to the Future opening, because like Back to the Future, it starts with the heroes playing guitar, blowing out their amps in a garage, mm-hmm. kind of setting up yeah. who they are. Um, mm-hmm. They do that and have to exit the garage. and Yeah, they are wild they, stallions. They, it's all spelled completely yeah. incorrectly. Yeah, with uh, some very hand-drawn stallions on the back of uh, Bill's shirt. I don't know if both of these guys can't can't draw correctly, or if that's just Bill, um, because mm. this props up a couple times on, on Bill's uh, the back of Bill's uh, belly shirt, which always is especially kind of funny. Hey, these how days. old are they supposed to be in this? Are they seniors? Or I would what? assume they're supposed to be seniors, because I would assume okay. only seniors would get like this auditorium-style presentation. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that would make him like 18 or something. I think the actors were like yeah. 21, 22 when they filmed this. Why? What's up? Oh, nothing. That's just a question I had for later. Uh, but yeah, the the, then... the, the, the the shitty horse on Bill's shoulder and on the flyer at the police station later, they look, they're the most poorly drawn horses. They look like snakes or dragons. It's great. They're not horses. They're stallions. Yeah, oh, that's, thank you for, yeah. You're welcome. Most triumphant. And then they start talking about how they need Eddie Van Halen. But we can't get Ellie because we need a most triumphant video. But they can't get make the video because they don't know how to play instruments. Which is why they need Edley Van Halen. <gasps> Excellent. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Welcome to Bill and Ted Logic. Yeah. They're late for school, so they go to school where they have an interaction with their teacher. Uh, Who I always thought played the head future guy later on in the middle of the film, but I guess not. Um, oh, are you just getting your black eyes away? Well, well, there's no, two black eyes in this the, movie. I mean, they gotta be the same guy. On this guy, like just even the stature and like the like not not just because it's two black guys in the film, but mm. like I thought that the, the joke was kind of like almost like a um, Wizard of Oz kind of thing, where it's like mm. like you know, it's, it's the two big authority films in the uh, the film that's not uh, uh, Ted's dad, but uh, gotcha. So uh, yeah, he's teaching history class. Yeah, Bill says that Napoleon essentially was short, a short, dead dude. I heard this in all the trailers. A and, salad and, and dressing the, dude. In the eight, no, that's Caesar. Well, uh, I know, but I'm just saying, the, like, there's like all these, all of Bill's responses for in this scene were all hey, cut into the trailers. Hey, Bill, <laughs> in high schools in the eighties, did people just go to class in their cheerleading uniforms? Not that I. Well, I went to a high school that did not have a sports team or cheerleaders, but according to this, yeah, I guess. Well, I guess if you have to like run to a game right after school lets out, maybe that makes sense. But, um, yeah, you know about <laughs> this, as much this as high I would school, at that point. This high school twenty-year-olds. <laughs> the high school the for the creative and performing arts although i was in high school not too long after this film came out so in terms of like era uh, uh, appropriateness yeah but uh, yeah 
Yeah. And then, so did the teacher ask Ted who Joan of Arc was? Noah's wife? Uh, I that was clever the first time I saw that. Now thirty years on and eight (laughs) hundred viewings later, it's more like. But yeah, how how did these two idiots not get held back sooner in their career? Are the schools that bad down there? It might be. You know what? They actually might be twenty one and twenty two because this might be like their third year of seniorship. Uh, Yeah, you do wonder how they even got this far into school without completely flunking out. I mean. Uh, I would assume just because they are so affable and so nice, maybe all the teachers are just like... And also, they're just so fundamentally stupid, it's better just to, like, like tr- just try to brush them along and not dwell on them too much, but... Yeah. So th- After class ends, the teacher calls him over and is like, You two are funk- flunking everything. You suck at this class. If you don't get an A-plus in your final report tomorrow, you're gonna flunk. You're gonna flunk out of school. So, uh, their report had better be something a very, a very special. How wonderful will be. So, uh, it's not, and the movie ends. <laughs> I mean, we are pretty so, close to that. It's also interesting to see that most of the names of the historical uh, figures I will see later on in the film are already written up on the board. Well, it makes sense, because mm. that's who they have to go to talk to, because I think yeah. there's three specific genres on the board that they're supposed to c- uh, collect, because uh, when they start collecting up people, like, they only need... Billy the Kid and Socrates, and everyone after that is just, uh, uh, well, they have Napoleon too, so I think with Napoleon in their pocket too, that's, everything after that just, is just extra credit, but. Are you saying Napoleon in their pocket because he's tiny? Tiny, you know what, <laughs> it never occurred to me, he sneaks into the water park because they think he's a child because he's tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I've seen so... this movie a million times and I just never thought about, like, it objectively, I just, watching it as a kid, just things happen, I wasn't thinking about why they happen, but yeah. Well, so, uh, they have to make a report on historical figure. What historical figures would think of their current location in 1988? And then, uh, outside, Missy is there Mm -hmm. to offer them a ride. I mean, Ted's mother. (laughs) She was a senior when they were freshmen. No way is Bill's mom. Because that gets flipped in the second movie. Or Bill, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... I don't always get their names right in my notes. No, that's so fine. I, I, again, I because I've up. lived with these characters in my hearts for so long. Like, I'm like, <laughs> how do you know? Not, how do you know? Have you not seen the Idiot Box by Alex Winter? He was in Lost Boys. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, so they stop at Ted's house so he can pick up his books. His dad is there and is a stereotypical angry mean cop. Just arbitrarily dad. angry mean cop dad. Yeah. Yeah. He says that he uh, talked to the school and he knows that he's going to flunk if he doesn't pass the history. And if that's happening, Ted is going to Oates Military School in Alaska, which is run by Oates. I... It's his own personal school. <laughs> I did not realize that is the military school. That is the military dude who yells at them in, in Bogus Journey in hell. That is yeah. specific. I had to look it up because I was like, is Colonel Oates the name of that guy, like that dude that they specifically have to juke out and to escape from hell? And that is mm-hmm. supposed to be that character. I never picked up yep. on that bit of continuity before. So uh, also, this scene is way harder to take seriously now <laughs> with the, with the way dad, <laughs> the way that Ted's dad behaves in the second totally, film, like totally when possessed he's possessed by Bill and Ted. It's great. That actor does such a good job in that scene of Bogus Dirty. Oh my god! Anyway, well, I also have issues with it because he's ted is going to be graduating which would mean he's probably going to be 18 yeah whenever he flunks this test so his dad can be like you're going to military school and he can just be like he i'm an adult now no balls. i'm not i could sh- I'm- if you were a cop right now <laughs> no. i'd just shoot you 
I, I don't have to listen to you because oh, I'm 18. Yeah. N- no. I mean, there's the whole thing of, like, the, uh, presumably his dad's paying his rent, you know, like, taking care of him. But, like, exactly. Like, he doesn't ha- really have to do anything. Yeah. No. And especially if either of these guys have failed school just once, <laughs> then they would be, like, yeah, 19. Yeah, they'd be way beyond. Yeah, they could uh, officially declare themselves. It- if his dad's got such a boner for sending him to military school, why hasn't he done it? Well, already? yeah, exactly. Why are you waiting until like the day before like your your kid graduates? Is about to help yeah. him out just a little bit, then he can graduate and get the hell out of your hair and not live like. I mean, I mean, I know you're he'd be a father and you want to take responsibility for your kid and help him along, but like at this point, like if you're waiting until literally the last moment of your possible like undeniable influence over your child to suddenly threaten him with military school, you kind of waited too long. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I always got. I always feel like these characters are almost written to be like, like freshmen or something like that. So some of the stuff in this movie uh, would make a little more sense if they were a little bit younger, especially if they're yeah. so stupid. <laughs> it might make a little more sense. Again, this movie's not. Well, they, that's they not have the to point of the movie. Seen, but no, they they'd have to be seniors because they said they were freshmen when. Yeah, so it's was a, yeah, they're at least not so, freshmen. It's been a couple of years, and, so yeah. Yeah. And I, it's easy just to presume that they're they're, they're seniors, especially because Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey just takes place like a year or two after this, and they've already yeah. graduated and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, the future. In the future, three people in stupid outfits uh, change the wood crystal into a phone booth, and then Rufus tells everyone to be excellent to each other, and they say "party on, dude." Yeah, I love dials. love all the shitty '80s effects here, all the hand-drawn little splooshes and splashes of electricity and stuff. Yeah, he dials the phone and is transported through time. Yay! Uh, Bill and Ted are studying or trying in their ADHD way. Very yeah. I don't know what ADHD is like specifically. Like I know I have friends who Attention. have it, but I would imagine that they uh, these guys are uh, like undiagnosed with something. Attention deficit hyper disorder, I think. I mean, Bill, t- I tell Ted is just bouncing up on, on the up and down on the bed while Bill's trying to study. So they probably yeah. have, even actually have two entirely different suites of like mental issues. But yeah. So Missy comes in with some burnt cheese sandwiches. <laughs> are they, they, t- are they that bad off? I never even noticed. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I mean, she is Missy. There's the, it's the, she, <laughs> Bill's mo- Bill's dad didn't get, didn't get married to Missy for her cooking skills, presumably. What? And then that teased hair. In. I never got Missy being. I mean, it's not Missy's uggo, but like, yeah, uh, she's cute, but she's not like. Oh, that's so hot. Yeah, not at all. Anyway, no. So uh, then the, his dad comes in and wants to bang Missy, so he gives them the money and sends them out. He's gonna bang her in Ted's own room. Yeah, this is why they end up at the Circle K. Cause <laughs> Bill's dad is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. He has only one mind and it's in his penis. Like even mm-hmm. more so than oh man, that is a blackened piece of what the fuck? I'm sorry, <laughs> watching it what Jesus, I wonder if that's supposed to be a joke or if the prop guy was just got fucked up. Yeah, no, it's a oh, joke. Oh, Bill I'm actually goes sure. to eat one and he can't okay, so that is a little bit like they're they're leaning into it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. And then they, they go to the Circle K and hang out outside trying to study, and then suddenly the sky turns into the never-ending story. Yeah. I do like and... Bill and Ted are, like, asking passerbyers about, like, when did the Mongols rule China? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's the way to try to get past the test is just go to random places and see if random people can give them all the answers they need. You'd think they could have gone to a library, but... Yeah, they probably don't know where one is. Yeah. And then lightning crashes and Rufus lands in the phone booth. 
Nobody in this side of the store seems to give a fuck about this. Happening. I was trying to think when when is this happening? Because like, is this like midnight or something like that? Because the store is practically empty, and there's obviously a shift change. Because one of the people they ask, the lady they ask about the Mongols ruling China, is showing up for her shift. So I don't know, like, uh, I don't know. Well, although after this, they do say they have ten hours uh, to brush up for the test. So if this is midnight, that means it'll be about ten a.m. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's not that's yeah. not the point, but. Yeah, but yeah, Rufus shows up. Rufus, when the Mongols ruled China, and he's like, I don't know, maybe you can ask them. And then he lets them know that he's there to help, and they ask how. And then another pair of Bill and Ted show up, come out and talk to them, and let them know they're going to go through time and have the most excellent adventure. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so if they're I just really have a big damn, air guitar button just to press whatever we talk about these guys. Yeah. If they're really them, yeah. what number are they thinking of? Is this the genesis of 69 being a punchline? Because I can't it's the think first of a... I can remember, yeah. but also I... When this movie came out, I had no clue what 69 was. I just... I When I was nine, I didn't get this joke. I was like, why are they so excited that they know the number that they're thinking of? This I may have found out what 69 means as a result of this film. You know what? I didn't know what a virgin was until after seeing Spaceballs, because there's a scene where... Um, Which is surprising considering every plot of every teen comedy in the 80s was centered well, around somebody being a virgin and trying to get laid yeah, in their senior point. year well there's a scene where the one robot played by Joan Rivers like her virgin alarm goes off while uh, space balls and Daphne Zuniga about the fuck in the desert and I remember specifically asking my mom mom what's a virgin and she was like ah look it up in the dictionary and it Oh, nice. Yeah, so, yeah, my mom not so much for saying, hey, that's someone who who don't fuck, but yeah. <laughs> oh. So, uh, that Bill and Ted get back into the phone, their phone booth, and Ted tells Ted not to forget to wind his watch. Yeah. And uh, they debate about it. The, you know what, uh, their, this is... The original Bill and Ted. Debate about it for a short moment. Climb into the phone booth with Rufus, and gentlemen, we're history. Kaboof. Um... Kaboof. One of the appeals of this movie too, aside from just build the you know Bill and Ted itself and the whole story, just the analog nature of this movie too. The fact that it's phone booth and I mean you can say that about so much other '80s entertainment, specifically like winding your watch and there's enough stuff mm -hmm. going on in this movie like you know people listening to Walkmans and things. It's like a very '80s tech related movie, and I just kind of like appreciate it from that perspective too. Yeah. The farther into the future we go, the more I kind of miss some of this stuff. Hmm. Yeah. So then they travel through a 3DO game cutscene. Man, I forgot that. Like, there's fucking. It's funny. I could say again. I could say I forgot anything about this movie. Consider I watch it every four weeks. But like, yeah, this. Yeah, the fucking. I don't know if the CGI was created for this film or they just found some kind of like, CGI in some kind of like test laboratory stock footage library. But yeah, it is some. That's a. That's a perfect way to describe it. Some 3DO <laughs> ass fucking shit. Like they, they went and to like NASA and like said, "Hey, can we just tape some footage off your fucking screensaver here or something?" Yeah, I guess it's the circuits of t of time. This is how you get around in the world of Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they land in a shithole. It's Austria, 1805. The French have just invaded. Uh, Napoleon sees them and says to blow them up. But then something behind him explodes, and he gets pulled into the time stream with them as they leave. 
And also, Austria just happens to look a lot like the Wild West set they're going to be at in about 10 minutes, too. <laughs> Except there's, like, some vines instead yeah. of dust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Napoleon, yeah, and it's... <laughs> The whole reasoning, I guess Rufus is just trying to take Bill and Ted on a journey because they're they're not here to steal Napoleon. Napoleon just tags along by accident. But like, yeah. I, I guess Rufus just wanted to just just prove to them, hey, this is what the time machine can do. Now I'm going to give it to you. Good luck. I'm going to get out of your yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. R- Rufus isn't going with them. They're on their own for reasons. Because <laughs> the plot willing, has to work. Come on. This- we're willing to help you cheat on your history test by letting you travel through time, but not so much to personally lend you a hand. Uh, no, no, no. That's a bridge too far. George Thank Carlin you. comes this close to saying, okay, guys, you know what? We're 20 minutes in the movie and the plot needs to kick in. <laughs> well, I gotta go. We gotta, we gotta get you on your little adventure. Yeah. So after Rufus leaves... I do uh, love that you see uh, fucking Napoleon's hip, uh, legs hanging out of the tree wall, the wall right before uh, he leaves yeah. when he's explaining the phone book and everything to Bill and Ted. But oh, yeah. yeah, I missed that part. Uh, Rufus tells them to use the phone booth to go anywhere, anytime they want. But of course, the clock in the present always keeps ticking for reasons. This because it, yeah, it'd be too easy for the plot if they could just show back. Wait, if the clock is always ticking for them, then how did future Bill and Ted travel back in time to see past Bill and Ted? Couldn't they have just traveled back in time Don't you a second before they left Dad. them fight? Be fine. Don't well then fine. You just thought, you just figured out the plot hole that took me thirty years and literally okay four four screenings a year for thirty years. <laughs> How many? Uh-huh. T- I've seen this movie 120 times. Not until today. I just noticed what you just noticed now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get into the more specifics about that. But yeah, well, especially because they leave then, because they accidentally yeah. end up and like, but they get back into the phone booth and then jump ahead eight hours and they accidentally they lose the eight hour time adventure they just accidentally created for themselves. And so yeah, yeah it's doesn't make yeah. <laughs> Why did he just stay here at that time? I mean, as stupid as that is, the movie makes almost makes up for it for the cleverness of being able to give yourself anything you want just by remembering to go into the future, to go in the past, to give it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Which is something that even like shit like Doctor Who tried not to do until just fairly recently. But that's that's what that's maybe my all time favorite method of uh, abusing time travel is making yourself pretty much involved. Well, we'll get to that. That's how the whole end of the movie yeah. works. But yeah, how how the Circle K instance of time travel works makes no sense. But yeah, I mean that's so, how time travel should work. But yeah, the the, the 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 fact that time is always clicking in San Dimas is just completely arbitrary. It's just to keep the plot moving. Yeah. Yeah, except you could show up right when you left. <laughs> by accident. But uh, yeah, I guess their hand wave of that is just, they only do that by accident, but yeah. Yeah. Oh. So uh, after Rufus leaves, Napoleon falls out of the tree, and Ted says he has a most excellent idea and takes him inside. And that's how they'll pass the test. They'll travel around and gather various figures of time and show them off during report time. That's how you pass the test. Don't learn anything. Just have other people come in and be, yeah, that's, that's me. The t- I'm the guy. <laughs> hey, that's one of the charms of Bill and I'm Ted, I'm from though, the past. It's the fact they're not even honestly trying. They're just like, what's the easiest shortcut we can get around this situation? But, like, they're not trying to trick anybody. They just they just don't, don't understand how things work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, so they leave don't they Napoleon. Take, yeah, they take, Bill and T- they take Napoleon inside and give him to Deacon? Yeah, yeah. Ted's younger brother. And uh, as they're trying to leave, it can't be that late at night because his brother's still awake and his dad is too. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm thinking when they were at Circle K, it's got to be like maybe 9 or 10 o'clock at the latest, yeah. Yeah. Which means that they... Well, 10 hours. If they're assuming maybe the 10-hour time limit is just when they have to be... Don't try to figure it out. I'm just saying. Well, if it's 9 (laughs) o'clock... 
So, uh, if they have to be at school like 7 o'clock the next morning, then I guess that makes sense, but yeah. Uh, Ted Dad wants to talk to him before he can leave. He basically says he sucks at life and that he's not to leave the house until morning. Yeah, Ted's not just That'll shows up to be an asshole again. I, this is the second time this day he's just shown up to be like, fuck you, Ted. Yeah, but Bill calls their phone from outside, pretending to be someone at the station and saying he found his keys, which he had been complaining about earlier. Yeah, it's like Lieutenant Van Halen. Him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do like so, Ted looks out the window, looks at Bill, and they go, yeah. Deputy Van Halen. So, uh, Ted goes outside and tells Bill that his dad already signed him up and that his plane leaves tomorrow night, which was never said in the movie, but okay. okay yeah, and it's just, he's just, he's, I, I don't know if he has, like, some kind of sex partner he wants to move, move in and take over Ted's room, like, tomorrow or what, but, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is the way Ted's dad has always been to or what, but like, Jesus Christ, man, calm the fuck down. So they get in the phone booth and get ready to reach out and touch someone. Oh. Oh. I was did just, he go to New Mix? I was just watching National Hello? Lampoon's European Vacation, and they have a joke about that, where, like, where Rusty mm. Griswold sings that song, but anyway. It's New Mexico, 1879. Some dude sits on an outhouse and starts partying. <laughs> Highbrow comedy over here, folks. You know what? If this movie were released today, the trailer would be mostly just that bit. Just the extended <laughs> yeah. farting cowboy bit. They're traveling back into the past. <laughs> Medea comes out and knocks over the, the, the outhouse. <laughs> uh. So, uh... They land. That guy gets scared shitless. Ha ha ha! And leaves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and now they're oh, in an shut. old west town that <laughs> looks you. a little bit like Austria and is only made of, like, three buildings. Mm-hmm. They're thirsty, so they go and get, uh, to get, go to drink at a saloon, and they ask for two beers and get them for free. So... I do like they, the they, beers are, like, big, like, like, fucking medieval stein Not medieval steins, but, like, they're big, like, liter bottles, too. Yeah, which I, yeah. I, I guess maybe that's what beers were like back in the day, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah they got to sure remember this, this place because yeah, they didn't get this checked. movie is nothing if it's not historically accurate. I do get the feeling that like they yeah, this does feel like a movie's made mostly of Disneyland knockoff props and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. when they say this this place looks like Frontierland, they're not kidding. But like in a cheap like amusement park, well, not like Bush Gardens, but like what's the cheapest like Disneyland knockoff you can think of amusement park? But like then they made a movie there that's built in Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, they filmed this in Enchanted Garden. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love this movie, but the production values are a little threadbare in there. So they look around wondering who they should take when Kerblamzo, someone shoots into the air randomly. It's Billy the Kid. It's Billy the Kid. He's a 45-year-old man who looks not tough at all. <laughs> he needs two men, so Bill and Ted say they're with him, and he grabs them and says if he wins, he keeps, and if they win, he keeps. So they all sit down and play poker. Ted gets excited because he got three aces. And proclaims such, such. Is that illegal? Uh, is that proof that like is are there is there more than one ace card in a deck like in a game of poker? You know nothing about poker. Do you? No. Well, I know. Well, there, well, there's a little bit of a joke where Bill's all like, "Hey, Ted, you need to have a better poker face," and that's when Bill's all like, "Oh yeah, oh three aces," and yeah. so I'm assuming so Billy and the kid was cheating. You. No, you use all the cards in the deck. Oh, okay. You just happen to have a very good hand. Oh, okay. Of three aces. Well, because Billy the Kid does act really suspicious when everyone suddenly accuses him of, of of cheating. Well, that's because you don't expect somebody to go like, Yeah, three aces! <laughs> that's a good point, too. So, okay, Billy the Kid's still in the right here. Okay. Uh, 
So the, table, the rest of the table gets angry, demanding to know if Billy the Kid was cheating them, and then a big fight breaks out. Bill and Ted just sit there, not doing nothing. <laughs> this is actually one of the best undersold moments of the whole movie. This scene, fight goes, fight scene goes on for a while, and they're just sitting there watching it. They don't get involved mm-hmm. at all. And, like, all no, the, the whores are beating up random people. Like, everyone starts fighting each other for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they just sit there until they get grabbed. I love this movie. And, and thrown through a wall yeah. where there are some ladies of the ill repute. And they're tee-hee. <laughs> that and, was a big uh, part of the HBO trailers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then they get grabbed again. and But they say, look, the Goodyear blimp. Oh, and but not before him. Ted tries to stick his head back in the hole to get a second glimpse at the ladies. Because that's going to work for But yeah, the Goodyear blimp. The guys, the, the the big joke there being that the, the cowboys go looking for the Goodyear blimp. And mm-hmm. it's the cheesiest way to get out of this fight is Bill and Ted and Billy the Kid just kind of take the cowboys hats and pull them down slightly over their eyes. And the cowboys get all like, what's going on here? I well, can't they see. They give them wedgies, too. Oh, the wedgies. I forgot about that part. Which I would not want to touch any Wild West <laughs> what happens if they're underwear. not? You know, it's probably a guarantee that at least some of these guys are not wearing underwear. Actually, so I don't know how much of this. Again, this is not the point of the film. But with the filth in the Wild West, they probably won't. Oh god! Underwear. But this is totally like again. It feels like a Nickelodeon made-for-TV movie in parts. But yeah, yeah. which makes one guy shoot another guy the in the foot. foot yeah. and they and then oh. they they run out of the saloon and into the time machine, and away they go. First blamers. I do like a little now, of the special effects of on the dirt of the. Of the time machine disappearing and stuff, and all the cowboys mm-hmm. are all, like, astonished and shit. So now they're in Athens, Greece, 410 B.C. Filming it's in Socrates. one small corner at someone's mansion. Mm-hmm. Socrates. Socrates. You know that name. It's under Socrates. <laughs> my my dad loved that joke. The fact is the mm-hmm. fact that they had the name right, but then they, they yeah. think that the guidebook misspelled it wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in order to say, snag him, How would you they spell recite, that phonetically? How would Bill and Ted spell... I guess it would just be S-O-C-K-R-A-T-E-S. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. In order to... They go up and talk to him, but he don't speak English. And in order to snag him, they recite lyrics, All we are is dust in the wind. What song is that? Dust in the wind. I know that's a specific... Uh, dust in the wind? Is that the name of the song? See, I don't know my moldy oldies no. as well as other people. Well, I know I get the gag about how the... when Socrates starts talking about how uh, we're all just our days are just uh, the days of our lives are through the hourglass because yeah, that's it's just it's it's Kansas's dust in the wind. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard that song played in dive bars and stuff like that, but I never really paid attention to exactly you know who performs it. Uh, so um, they say that, and then they pick up dust from a bull. And sprinkle it, and uh, so crazy is like yes, like sands in the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. All right, so now they have a soccer. <laughs> well, that's the, do, do, do you know? Do you get the reference? It's like a children's hot. Ho- yes. No, it is oh, the days no, of our no. lives. That's the opening. I that's... don't get it. <laughs> so my my mom loved they... this shit. I still remember that. Do 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 do. From the music from the commercials for that thing, uh, when I was yeah. a kid all the goddamn time. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, then they go to England, 15th century. There's a castle and shit. They leave Billy and Socrates behind. Yeah. To guard the booth. I. They see some. There's a line here I didn't pick up until this viewing that cracked me up. Was the first thing that they say when they get out of the booth in, in medieval England, is 
Bill just says, all we need is one more speaker from Medieval. <laughs> Not Medieval Times, but just they mm. just refer to it as Medieval. Which just, nice. uh, just the phrasing of that just cracked me up, yeah. They see some princesses. Uh, it's a history report, not a babe report. Oh, yeah. But they are such historical babes. There's... So how they gonna, how they gonna meet them? Um. Well, they get directions from this like surf guy, like so, mm-hmm. some passing dude. Ah, this there's some conflicted trivia about this. About uh, originally in the original script, they actually picked up a historical dude here. It was John the Surf. And some people mm. have claimed that they actually filmed some bits with John the Surf, them running around with John the Surf as a character who almost joins them. And this character they get directions from is supposed to be that character John the Surf, because the joke originally in the original script was they pick up all these people of, you know, historical significance, but they from medieval England, they just end up with this random pissant who's just hanging yeah. out with them too. But I guess they figured that was a little too much, so they just kind of cut that halfway through filming and... This this I, this actor was specifically hired to be like this like third tier character in the movie. He only gets like this one line where he's like, "Oh, the castle," and that's mm. it. So, so uh, they're gonna meet the princesses by hiding in some armor, which is pretty heavy. Yeah, they just yeah. randomly heavy teleport. Heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> it they doesn't work so well when I just scream the, <laughs> scream <No>. the guitars. <laughs> I'll have to edit that in. They, okay. Yes. They, they, they goof around in the armor. Their sneak level is currently rank zero. <laughs> no, because they are now they weigh, each weigh 200 pounds on a clinking, clattering, calamitous piles of junk. Mm-hmm. So, Ted sends... They they goof around, and then... Uh, yeah, they do a Bill bunch of... Sends they Ted do an extended Star down Wars some stairs. Yeah. Some guy comes up to him. <laughs> I'm Luke Bill. I'm Darth stabs, Ted. I'm oh, sorry. Stabs. I, I, I'm doing it. Okay, shut up, Phil. Yeah. Stabs him in the chest. He dead. And then, uh, uh, well, he dies while he dies the stairs. And then some guy in our, stabs the armor for reasons. So just, and yeah, says to the... search the castle, there might be more. Of what? Random suits of armor? <laughs> yeah, it's... I get the movies. You're not supposed to think about this stuff too hard. But yeah, like, why are... They, do they think they're being invaded? Do they, do, do they just re- have... By their own armor? They habitually just go around stabbing suits of armor <laughs> that fall down the steps? Like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they haven't seen anyone actually doing anything. Yeah. Bogus, heinous, most non-triumphant. Oh, uh, this is the saddest point in the movie, where because then Bill's convinced that Ted is dead, and for mm-hmm. some reason, in, in the logic of the film, Bill is not or Ted is not dead, but he is just hiding and letting Bill suffer for five minutes, thinking that his best friend is dead. Yeah, you killed Ted, you medieval dickweed. Yeah, and then he fights a guard, but he loses. But no worries, Ted comes up and bonks the guy with a cartoon sound effect of like tweeting birds. <laughs> Hits him on the head with a head, with a bone, and there's a bunch of bonehead yeah. jokes made, and, th- and then they lo- then leave they leave Skyrim. He fell out of his suits when of armor when it hit the floor, cause that's how armor works. The most hand wavy moment of the whole film, perhaps. Just like just it's like he's a lubed up sausage that well, just was in too tight a casing. That's cause Bill and Ted operate in a cartoon war war reality where God just. Well, what's the saying how God looks after drunks, idiots, and small children? Except in this mm. universe, God just looks after Bill and Ted more exclusively yeah. than pretty much anything else. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bill is made of liquid. Or Ted, Ted is secretly a T-1000. He just oozed out mm. of his suit of armor. <laughs> and, yeah. Yep, and then they're happy to see each other, so they hug. And then they call each other the F word. It's so charming. Yeah, that's the big do 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 What you yeah. gonna do? 
So they go outside and run into the princesses. Uh, who, much like Missy, are pr attractive enough, but it's not like... Ugh. Uh, and they bring princesses a message from himself. Are you slagging does. on so, the beauty of the princesses? Yeah, I'm, I don't know, maybe I am. <laughs> are we, <laughs> talk, are we talking like this now? I like to think <laughs> that I'm Bob Cake Gothwain. I'm so offended by your besmirching of the princesses. I'm gonna tag like this for a while. My favorite movie is poli <laughs> Police. Well, oh my god, I just forgot the name. What's Police Academy Citizens on Patrol where Bobcat Goldthwait is a major part of that film? Shout out, Bill. Anyway, but yeah, no, the mm. princesses. Uh, I like the princesses just because the smaller brunette one, she was also um, the female lead in a film that <laughs> I've tried to browbeat you with a couple times. Uh, she plays uh, the French foreign exchange students. Yvette? I forgot what her name is from uh, uh, um, Better Off Dead. And she's been in a couple mm. other things, too. But, like, this and Better Off Dead are her two most well-known 80s uh, films. But, yeah. yeah. She's the one who and hooks up ask... with... He, she hooks up with Keanu Reeves, I think. They they asked the girls to prom, because that's where you take princessy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that uh, ties into oh, the original no. ending of this film, too. But that's I'll talk about that it's, later. The girl's father is coming, so the girls take Bill and Ted to their room. And they are to be married to ugly old men today. Oh no! And they did they, a good job casting that, how, the king. How and great his... would yeah? How great would that be? Some dude who hasn't worked in years gets a call from his agent. Hey, got a casting call for you today. <laughs> ugly old men. You'd be perfect for it. You frog-faced looking fuck. I mean, they do look like ranking bass characters. I mean, the king dude is all like all like he's got this huge hook schnoz, and there's this fat guy who looks like he's got diabetes behind him and like it's 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 there's skeletor behind the other guy like it's it's exactly who you want when you're trying to yeah no they did a good job casting agent won this round yeah how's it going royal ugly dude this <laughs> good way to get off on that's the first thing you say to your your potential uh uh wife's dad father-in-law father-in-law <laughs> know these things i don't i don't have adult responsibilities i'm a man child i have to think about this stuff what's a fiance so, uh, the king will have them put in the iron maiden oh here we go this is like half the trailer right here yeah name. they are to be beheaded oh, oh. Yes. and now these messages now a motion picture so grand Whoa. so magnificent and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together and remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter. Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. 
Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. Hello, this is not the start of the movie, nor is it any kind of warning from the FBI. The following message asks you to make a phone call, a call that costs $1.50 for the first minute and a dollar for each additional minute. Before you call, ask your parents for permission. However, you have a right to know that no call is in fact necessary, no video rental is necessary, and no intelligence is necessary to participate. You should also be aware that not only is this one of the most spectacular, grandiose, totally amazing games in the history of mankind, it could easily change your life forever. Or not. Bill and Ted proudly present the Watch and Win Trivia Game. It couldn't be easier to play. Excellent! Even if you're a complete bobo. Bogus. Just dial 1-900-988-DUDE and an official research scientist from the Bureau of Massive Brain Usage will ask you two incredibly stupid trivia questions about this movie. Tall bastard! If you get both of them right, you'll be eligible for a chance to score one of hundreds of instant prizes. Not worthless garbage, but cool stuff. Missy? Designer Bill and Ted t-shirts. A really neat skateboard from Vision Sports. <laughs> Genuine Bill and Ted video cassettes. Four packs of Fuji T120 HQ blank video cassettes. Well, you can't have too many of these lying around. That's right, Missy. And tell them about the prize that's really worth some heavy money. Your very own Sony VCR. Party on, dude. But wait, that's just the beginning. Whoa! Because if you're able to answer those two harmless little questions correctly... Not bad. And you'd have to be seriously dense not to. Then, not only can you win one of our instant prizes, you'll automatically be entered into our grand prize drawing. Are you ready for this? Yes, you could win the excellent adventure vacation in Paris. An expense-paid trip for two to Paris, France. Seven incredible days in the country that brought us that short dead dude, Napoleon. No way. Yes way, Ted! It's so easy to play, it's almost pathetic. Just dial 1-900-988-DUDE from any touchstone phone. But before you do... Ask your parents' permission. Execute them. Because it's a dollar fifty for the first minute and a buck for each additional minute. And we know how funny parents can be about such matters. Excellent. You can call as often as you like and enter the sweepstakes again and again. No way. So play Bill and Ted's Watch and Win Trivia Game. Just go to the phone and dial 1-900-988-DUDE and you can be a winner. Let's reach out and touch someone. Touch someone.
tell him I. Play Watch and Win, a contest of historical proportions. Call through December 31st, 1989. No purchase, video rental, or telephone call necessary to play. For rules, free and free form, and answers necessary to enter, send self-addressed stamp envelope to Bill and Ted's Watch and Win sweepstakes. P.O. Box 4015, Blair, Nebraska, 68009. Number one request for envelope. Request must be received by January 8th, 1990. Void in Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and we're prohibited. You and I have witnessed many things, but nothing as bodacious as what just happened. And now back to the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. So they get put on a chopping block. And, oh, you're not going to make a meal out of the Iron Maiden? I mean, no, you just mentioned the Iron Maiden thing, but that was good. That's a big thing. In the and then they do the guitar, and that's the whole big... It's like it's like the most iconic Bill and Ted moment. And you braced right by because you don't... I was, was going to say, it's not so much a meal, so much as <laughs> yeah. a piece of rice that fell on the floor that you picked up. Daniel, just because you have not made this move in your personal religion like I have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, execution. Just, there's gonna they be. Just, yeah. They just happened. Luckily, they just happened to bring the phone booth there for them. Yeah, someone found uh, it. This on a horse, and they put the phone booth right next to where, if they had to escape, would be this easiest way to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're gonna get murdered by the the, the uh, executioners. But it turns out it's Bill Billy Cannon. So yeah. great. There's a nice Which... little moment where Bill and Ted lament about how their adventures have come to a nun. Uh, to a most anus end, and it's kind of like... An anus I couldn't end. think of, like, non... I think... Does he say non-triumphant end or something You like could have said heinous end. Heinous. But I, I don't... <laughs> don't know why he decided to take the H off that because word. Because what's more heinous than heinous? It's anus end. <laughs> I mean, truly, this... I mean, if they had died right here, that would be a truly anus end. Unless they mm-hmm. got the, their butts cut off. But, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the executioner swing their axes, but no, what happened? Oh no, it's, it's Billy the Kid and Socrates. They chop the ropes and they all jump on the carriage Time and make their getaway. Time escape! Escape! Time to go! A random number and traveling back through time where they land in the future with the people who oh, are on the mission. Man, you really are blowing through this. There's a plot point. Well, of course, the king gets upset. He sends his, he sticks his troops after Bill and Ted. But uh, just as Bill and Ted are about to. Uh, escape from uh, medieval England, the the dude with the mace smashes the antenna on top of the uh, time uh, machine, okay. which causes, which is kind of like, it creates some of the hand-wavy stuff that happens for like, the whole, in this whole middle part of the film, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, just somehow the time machine just accidentally just takes them right to the future uh, for no particular yeah. reason other just other than just to kind of show Bill and, Ted, Bill and Ted what the future looks like and what they're kind of fighting for in trying to preserve future history mm-hmm. yeah. they do air guitars at each other that's a nice people scene come in the room yeah. and everybody air guitars at bill and ted the movie slows down a- for a every- moment everybody's pretty well composed for seeing these dudes that they've pretty much made into gods before them seriously and th- i guess this almost seems like the bill and ted are fulfilling the prophecy of everything they're going to do right here because like everything they say is stuff that is granted bill and ted only have a dialogue of like 14 words but like yeah yeah they they do the party on be excellent to each other yeah mm-hmm. they, everyone thinks it's great and they leave but yeah it's, it's cute though the they music gotta get here back is great the, i do like how everyone's kind of like you know playing air guitar with bill and ted and the music dancing all night music is all kind of nice and the it's a kind of mm-hmm. nice it's, it's 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 a nice little breather moment in the film so they, they notice that something is wrong with the booth, maybe. And then elsewhere, Napoleon is being given a giant ice cream 
with Ted's brother and a couple of his lady friends. Yeah, I don't know and... if, like, Ted's brother has stolen, like, his dad's wallet to pay for, like, this $50 bowl of ice cream and marshmallows. Oh, and... Ted, ga Ted gave him some money. Yeah, but that was, like, a crumpled $5 bill. Huh? Well, then they go bowling after this. It was the 80s. Yeah, that's oh, true, too. Yeah, five dollars was basically like your entire income for the year. It was the 1980s, not the 1880s. It's not like for a penny you could buy a car. Um, well, and the, the big notable thing here is that the, the the two waiters who come out and bring out the ice cream, uh, the Ziggy Piggy to Napoleon, mm. are the writers who are credited in the film, kind of like they were in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, as I think stupid waiter and ugly waiter. In Bill and Ted's yeah, Bogus okay. Journey, they were credited as like ugly seance guy and and stupid seance guy. Yeah, and this is one of my favorite moments is when uh, they do pin the Ziggy Piggy button to Napoleon's chest, which Napoleon wears throughout the rest of the film too. Just the Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy Pig, and like Napoleon you, seems to be you into eat that it. much ice cream, you're gonna be proud. I can't believe they didn't do a thing again. This movie made today, there would be a five minute barfing scene uh, of oh, just fire hosing it, but. Yeah, and Napoleon's mm -hmm. still just even licking whatever remains of the ice cream off the table. I mean, for such a tiny guy, the guy loves his glace, as he pronounces mm -hmm. it, but yeah. And uh, it's all very loud. They proclaim him a Ziggy Piggy and put a thing on him and back away going... <laughs> and it seems like uh, my own personal hell would be to trap there, have to give him I dinner mean, every night there. I do appreciate how bewildered Napoleon is, justifiably bewildered he is by this whole thing. I mean, he, pre mm -hmm. he appreciates the ice cream, but he's like, the fuck hell am I in? Yeah. So the phone booth is still traveling through 3DO time tubes, and they wind up in Vienna, Austria in 1901. Yeah, presumably the Some... time machine's kind of just doing its own thing now. Yeah. Somehow, uh, Bill and Ted know that it's Sigmund Freud, and Ted texts his watch and says they have, still have tons of time, yeah. so they'll do some extra credit. I'm presuming this Bill... is the part where his, his, his watch is winding down, because this is where they end up accidentally eating up like eight hours of time, and I'm assuming it's the, this yeah. whole montage. Billy the Kid lasso Sigmund Freud, and off they go to Castle Germany, 1810. I love how randomly they had to, like, Billy, well, Billy, it's been a while since Billy the Kid has done anything cowboyish, so I guess we'll just have him randomly <laughs> kidnap people with a rope. But um, yeah, go ahead. Where they grab Mozart, who is totally, really playing that piano and not faking it at is all. Is he? I can't tell. <laughs> it's also, isn't he supposed to be deaf? Uh, is that Mozart or Beethoven? One of those. I think it's Mozart supposed to be deaf. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so then they go to Orleans, France, 1429. This is uh, how I found where... out there was actually an uh, Orleans before New Orleans. Mm, where Joan of Arc, and I'm going to piss you off by saying, a.k.a. budget Winona Ryder is grabbed. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean she's, she's hot like Winona Ryder, but she is totally... And Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's, who also showed up as the singing telegram lady in Clue last week. Uh, so that means <laughs> next week we're obligated to watch... I made this joke last week, we're obligated to watch Star Trek Four because she shows up in that too. But uh, right. yeah, they pick up... A, yeah, she's Joan of Arc, and she's just... Totally amazed. I do like the little bit of a joke there because Joan of Arc claimed to see angels and stuff like that, and Bill Ted happened to show up when she's praying at like a little church, little little monastery thing, and so they're kind of playing up mm -hmm. on the idea that like she probably thinks that there's some kind of rel religious entities or something like that when they come and pick her up. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Then they go to Outer Mongolia, twelve oh nine, where Genghis Khan is gotten when he's oh uh, my apparently God. transferring meat into a lady's mouth by a kissing. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. 
Um, this, <laughs> the guy playing Genghis Kong, oh god, is what's his name? Ed Long? He, he's on a thousand fucking 80s movies. He's one of the terrorists in Die Hard, and I, he's been in a thousand... Isn't he in Big Trouble in Little he's China? He's in Big Trouble in Little China. He's, man, he was like, if you needed a, 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 a dude with a Fu Manchu mustache and a sneer, you got this guy. And yeah, the only the only issue though is apparently uh, supposedly apparently and supposedly Genghis Khan had like uh, red hair and green eyes. Really? So he didn't actually look like this. No. Yeah. Well, I know the Mongols were kind of like mixed up because you had like people coming over from Europe and mixing with the the Asians and like things kind of got bonkers there. And you had a bunch of like uh, the fucking Iranians were getting involved in there genetically. So like it was one hell of a fucking fiasco. And like yeah. So but yeah. So they just got, like, some guy who's probably from, like, fucking Vietnam <laughs> to, to mm-hmm. play Genghis Khan. Uh, actually, they catch, they catch Genghis Khan with a Twinkie. <laughs> and they just lure him into the phone booth and he disappears, but I just... <laughs> Again, Bill and Ted taking the most, like, innocuous way around a problem situation is, like, how do you capture Genghis Khan with a Twinkie? It's just... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, fuck it. This movie's so and fucking... And how do you catch your Abraham That's... Lincoln at the White... White House in 1863 by saying you're a candy gram. <laughs> candy? I love even that the door, they're like, candy gram. <laughs> and, like, Lincoln's just stupid enough to go for it. So they keep flying through time sideways now because uh, there's just too many people. Yeah, they all have to, still, they, like, stand vertically in the booth. They notice that the antenna's broken on the time machine, and they scream. And then Napoleon is bullying with the children and tries to cheat uh, by and bullying uh, by drawing a one in front of his score. Yeah, he doesn't realize the scores are being projected on a screen that everyone can see, and so yeah, yeah, he's just he's throwing shade at everyone, and everyone's throwing shade back. And again, this is another big he, part of the trailer: is he gets up the bowl and he throws himself down the lane and starts screaming, "Mad, mm. mad, mad!" Yeah. And then the kids are like, "Fuck this loser!" and ditch him. <laughs> I do. I like Deacon as a character because at this point he just this is when he just checks out of the whole movie practically. There's one bit later mm-hmm. where Bill and Ted show up and like, where's where's Napoleon? He's like, I don't know, and that's it. That's his entire contribution so, to the mythos of Bill and Ted. But yeah, he tries to leave, but the the guy that runs the place is like, you ain't paid, you're not leaving. This guy's and like then... a Simpsons character. It's great. It's this fat guy <laughs> who's nearsighted. He's got a cigar. He's he speaks mock French to this guy. Hey, buddy. Your shoes, you so gotta pay. You rented the shoes. Pay. He gets he get kicked out because he didn't pay, but they also didn't take their shoes back. Oh, oh well. Oh, really? So. I think maybe he's soft-hearted and doesn't want Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon spends the rest of the movie in bowling shoes. I never realized. Oh, yeah, I'm watching it now. And he's in Napoleon. And the- bowling shoes and the Ziggy Piggy button. Uh-huh. It is a little sad because then it's- he's like all, all by himself, and then he just goes, Deacon. And it's like, oh, no, he's all by himself. I, I wonder how he... If, again, if Bill and Ted were being made today, there would be a 12-issue comic miniseries uh, detailing the adventures of, Bill, uh, of Napoleon throughout the evening until he ends up in uh, Waterloo mm. the next day. But yeah. So then, San Dimas, California, 1 million BC, Ted's handing out pudding while Bill tries to fix the time Man, machine. Man, pudding in old tin uh, 80s pudding cups that you don't see anymore because they're all plastic now. But these yeah. were like the tin like uh, c- tops that could like cut your fingers if you weren't careful. But yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, they all everybody chews gum and spits it out oh, and they use fucking it to fix disgusting. The, Even watching it now, I was like <laughs> like They and, use it to ugh. fix the time machine, which seems like a poor design. It seems like the future people would know that this happened to Bill and Ted and would have figured well, out a way to keep it from breaking. The first destination Bill and Ted went to after uh 
the the time machine got busted was the future, but I guess they just you know that big they didn't realize until after they left that the time machine was busted. But um, mm -hmm. I did notice uh, this viewing that one of the cavemen who watched them leave one billion BC is chewing. Was the Geico? Oh, I was. <laughs> was the Geico cave? Yeah, I, yeah. You know what? Somebody was probably watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and they went, "Hmm, mm. make a whole ad campaign out of that." Maybe it's popular enough. Yeah. We'll turn it into a TV show that lasts all of two uh, two episodes. <laughs> so they they leave again, back into time, back home with the original Bill and Ted outside the Circle K. Yeah. They go and talk to themselves. It's a scene from earlier, and they uh, Rufus tells them that they got there because they need to dial one number higher, or they could just stay there right now yeah, and have the whole the evening to prepare. Back. Yeah. <laughs> But there he is, so I guess not. So no, okay. they gotta get back into the phone booth and jump ahead eight hours, causing all the <laughs> problems that happen for the rest of the film. Mm -hmm. Especially because the first Bill and Ted are about to leave anyway, so it's not like you have any problems with like two sets of Bill and Ted's running around the world. So yep. that's but w them staying here would be circumventing what you're what the, the whole s yeah no it's yeah ah, mm, yeah. I, I, I'm land still in... pissed that you figured this out before I ever did. <laughs> yeah. God they, they land it. Land it. I'm kind of sad that you figured it out at all because I would have loved to blow your mind oh with it. Oh my god. I would have literally, there'd be a blue screen of death right here of me being quiet for 30 <laughs> seconds while I process it and realize that you're right and feel utterly ashamed. Because, <laughs> like, well, I, so, I, I, because, yeah, I never noticed when they get back in the phone booth and say, see you later, Bill and Ted, that they just show up in Missy's backyard eight hours later. I'm like, yeah, why did they do that? Just stay there. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. guys. Yeah. So anyway. they land in Missy's garden the next day. She doesn't seem to really be shocked or concerned that there's all of a sudden a phone booth in her yard. Well, and that's part well. of the joke, too, is like Bill and Ted come out with all the, 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 the personal uh, historical personages, and like Ted gives them all shitty. <laughs> badly, badly come up with uh, fake names like Charlie Freud mm. and uh, <laughs> Bob Genghis Khan. And, uh, but uh, even with Abraham Lincoln, he can't come up with a fake name. He's just like, eh, and Abraham Lincoln. She still doesn't care. She's just like, there's sodas in the fridge. Oh, no, she had pen. She she goes off about, like, he, uh, she's not going to drive them to school because they're already late uh, until they do their ch uh, chores, so everyone kicks in to do uh, Bill's chores for him. Yeah, with high-speed footage, it's hilarious. Again, big part of the trailer, it's like, oh, Mozart, cleaning a window, <laughs> Genghis Khan, eating out of a toilet. Yeah, mm. it's all like, burr, burr, burr. There's a nice little bit uh, at the very end where uh, Billy the Kid and uh, Joan of Arc high-five while she's wearing his hat, and I just thought it was kind of a cool little, like, it's not, it's nothing, it's just what I was thinking. Yeah. But anyway, so, now, now they're at the... Why do they go to the mall? I don't know. To show them what the current world oh, is like. Oh, what they're going to do. Their world. Wait, Bill and Ted leave them at the mall. Why do they leave them at the mall? Do they we'll, go to school? We'll get there. Okay. No, we'll get there. Okay. So they I've go to the mall seen and show them before. around. At, uh, and then we see <laughs> the school... Where some girl's doing her history presentation in front of the whole school, apparently. Yeah, this is history they is changed just the, that important. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense, but there's a reason why. I'll talk about this towards the end, but like, there's a reason why this this whole like auditorium setup happened. That doesn't really make any sense because whoever gave a school report in front of a loaded auditorium, like, it doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense. But yeah, there's no. a production reason it's, why it happened. It's it's 1.32, Bill and Ted go last at 2.45. Let them eat cake. And the girl on stage is like, Mary Antoinette said let them eat cake. Maybe today she'd say let them eat fast food. <laughs> Good job. 
totally missing the point of why she said let them eat cake. And this is one of those things where, like, technically she's smarter than Bill and Ted, but she's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I get the point that she's she's probably, like, the fucking, uh, like, valedictorian of that class, but, like, oh, she's fucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back at the mall, so... Bill and Ted, they serve up a bunch of fucking Slurpees to everybody. Well, n- is that the name? No. Yeah. Hold on, I scrolled wrong. And... Or I might have jumped ahead, but then Bill and Ted are like, yeah. so Bill, yeah. yeah, Bill and Ted leave all the history history dudes with ices and leave. And that seems like a good plan. Nothing could go wrong here. Yeah, give these guys a sugar rush and then leave them alone yeah. in the public space. Yeah. Elsewhere, and slightly later, they are flabbergasted that Ted's brother ditched Napoleon. <laughs> he was a, a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> like that's again, that's Deacon's that that's his lasting contribution to this entire story. Yeah. So. Uh, if they say if they were one of the greatest generals in history, where would they go? Waterloo. This makes this no place sense. looks. This place looks dangerous as shit. Man, no, one, like back one in guy Texas goes when flying I was a kid, down. A, we, one guy goes flying down just, a yeah, a slide and like almost launches off the side. He's bouncing around so much. <laughs> I love it. He's like throwing kids. Well, the whole joke is that. Napoleon, he goes to Waterloo just because even though Waterloo isn't in his future, but because he's Napoleon, he's got to go to a place that he hears is called uh, Waterloo. And he uh, goes there, and he's kind of like, he wants to go on the water slide. He's very kind of, uh, not tenacious. He's reticent about it. He's, he's well, kind of worried until one of the guys working the water slide pushes him in, and he goes in, and he falls down, and then he, like, screams halfway, but then halfway through, he realizes he's having a good time. He starts laughing, and he yeah. loves it. And there's a little montage of him kind of going up and down on all the different slides, pushing kids out of the way, and he's having a great old time. Turns out Napoleon Mm -hmm. was a super cool dude who just loves water slides. Oh, I fucking loves them. Until Bill and Ted show up and ruin his... The the original script, this was supposed to be Hitler. And they realized that, like... (laughs) Maybe, like, there's... Maybe trying to make Hitler look this fun was maybe not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Genghis Khan was a monster too, or just more yeah, removed from him. Yeah, but I can see. I mean, Napoleon's still a fucked up dude, but at least it's not. It's not close. Like the guy who like murdered six million Jews. It's hard, a little bit harder to be like. Oh no, about absolutely. It, yeah, I can see why they changed it, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's having fun until Bill and Ted come up and escort him away. Yeah, they've already got towels and, and shit for him, and he's like, "Okay, let's go." At the mall, the historical figures have left the food court and split up. Joan uh, watches some people do jazzer side, which is gonna be lots of fun for her to do in armor. <laughs> I know she's still she still got the armor on. Also, I love the fact they're in front of a Walton books that's selling a shitload of Garf Garfield comics, nice. which I like those big co- like comic compendium books. Oh my god, that's so fucking late eighties. I I just want to eat yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. So and Marta, Mozart is in a music store where the salesman, who I, I th- I'm pretty sure is the boss from Office Space, is like, <laughs> or at least You're his musician. brother, because it's totally that kind of Pokemon type. Yeah, uh, big glasses this. and just shit-eating grin. He pushes the auto rhythm button and some synth tunes start playing, and Mo- Mozart just vomits all over the piano. <laughs> he, he cries that the 80s were a mistake, his ears start pouring blood, and he just falls over dead while the audio rhythm sets in on the Casio key. Yeah, playing. it turns out he stole one of Billy the Kid's revolvers, and he just sticks it in his mouth and just blows his brains <laughs> out, and that's the last of... Yeah, that's Mozart's end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Billy the Kid and Socrates are hitting on ladies. 
Socrates finds on the ladies are far too young for him, but okay. But they they walk up and they say they're from history, and the girls laugh. <laughs> Which at I them. love such a fake statement. We're from history. So Sigmund Freud comes up is and talk says hello, and they laugh. And uh, I know you might hear it clearer, but apparently, it's supposedly this girl calls them a geek, but she totally says geek. Yeah. I think that what, well, she's got I the Valley like, Girl accent, so she says geek. Geek. No, I don't. I, I'm assuming the line is supposed to be geek, but she just pronounces yeah. it geek. And even of uh, uh, Sigmund Freud when he's holding his phallic uh, corn dog, I think he even mm. says what is a geek. I think even he says geek, even though yeah. it's supposed to be geek. And I was like, what the fuck is a geek? <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Is the word geek said suddenly change? <laughs> yeah. I was looking. Oh my god, does everyone have a speech impediment in San Dimas in 1989? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Genghis Khan's Oh my god, this whole club. movie exists just for this. I, like, this movie's not nearly as funny as I think it is, but to, like, 12-year-old Bill Mudrin, Billy Mudrin, oh my, I, I, I almost threw up laughing at this scene the first time I watched it on tape as a kid, like, to the point I had to stop and rewind it, and, like, my parents got involved. They were like, Billy, are you okay? Because I would just... I spent like the next 15 minutes just watching <laughs> Rewind it just because the idea of uh, God, this dude just going nuts on a fucking mannequin with a baseball bat for no reason and the cops just like, oh my god, what the fuck's going on? Just, I just don't. What? Oh my god. What are the hardest you've laughed at movie moments? This is definitely one of, like, to the point where I thought this, I was going to pass the, out. The Gary Busey's escape on the wheel and bulletproof. <laughs> What else? <laughs> I'm so glad we had anime again. It looks so intentionally <laughs> shitty. <laughs> like, if you tried to make it look bad, you couldn't do that bad. <laughs> Unless it was like a scale model, like it was like a Star Wars action figure on a toilet paper roll. I'm yeah. trying to think. It would be like, yeah, I, you'd, you'd have to give me a weekend to like think about all the movies I've watched okay. in the past. Like, I'm sure stuff in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, or just like, mm. but yeah, this, this, this just, I, I don't know why fucking Al Leong losing his shit in a fucking sporting goods store. Like, especially when he knocks the mannequin's head off, and he shows mm. no sign of slowing down. He's still going to town, and he's screaming, and the head yeah. lands in the fucking basketball hoop, and just... Uh, it's some, I don't know if it's like some kind of like releasing the inner id of like a stupid little boy kind of thing, but just, yes. just and the way he's spinning around the baseball bat too, and just like, oh my god, uh, it's it's just he's acting like a little kid would, and that just cracks mm. me up. <laughs> he's going gotcha. nuts. I'm watching him now. <laughs> he just won't give up. And I, it's, there's a great smash cut too, like right as he's hitting the mannequin too. It cuts to Abraham Lincoln. He's getting his. A uh, photo taken at one of the shitty places at the mall where you have to dress up and you can pretend yeah, you're from the like guy, the, the guy Civil doing it says he needs the bearded hat back. And come on now, that yeah. that guy would have seen him walk in with those clothes, <laughs> and he would know they aren't his. Plus, you think any Photoshop at the mall would have clothes that were actually as well made as Lincoln's wear? Especially no, for a guy no, as tall as that, like seven foot tall actor. Like, no, that's that yeah, shit that, would yeah. be made out of felt. Parts and held together with the sadness of the people I working mean, there. The movie, I mean, the logic of the sequence kind of breaks down is like Mozart doesn't do anything worth getting wrong, uh, get, getting the, the, the police involved. 
like, for, I can see from a writing perspective, like, what do you do with Abraham Lincoln that's going to get him, uh, get the police involved? Because he's not going to, you know, even, even when he's stuck in the far future in a shopping mall in San Dimas, California, 1988, what the hell are you going to do with Abraham Lincoln that's going to justify him being arrested? So, of course, it's so, got to well, put that as some kind of stupid misunderstanding yeah. or something like Lincoln that. Lincoln pushes the hem and takes off running after he tries to take his hat and beard that is obviously attached to his face. Yeah. And then Mozart's rocking out when Joan of Arc starts leading the jazzercise class. All right, yeah, no, just and, and I guess and Genghis Khan knows how to skateboard. Sure, <laughs> very slowly. And then, yeah, and the the rest of the group is being rounded up by the security also for reasons. Yeah, uh, fucking uh, Socrates and Genghis Khan and. Billy get uh, they get chased out onto a skating rink where they they're they're subdued, which is actually kind of a creative way for the cops to finally like subdue Genghis Khan without anyone being killed. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how else you would do that and not have it end up in tragedy. Uh, actually, and just having him slip on the ice and the police just arrest him is actually kind of a clever way to do it. But yeah, so like far- Mozart doesn't do anything wrong. All he does is slightly annoy this the guy who runs the music store who. Freud is, doesn't do anything wrong. Well, the, why is the guy upset at the music? I mean, I could see, like, he, like he, there's a little bit where he's looking at his watch and he's kind of looking impatient, but, like, this guy, Mozart has attracted all these people to his store. He's not doing yeah. any damage. And kind of the same thing with, uh, well, I guess Joan of Arc does push the actual hired instructor out of the way and kind of take over, but, like, yeah, to, to get the cops involved, it's a little bit much, but... Oh, and someone, put, well, and- someone puts a, a kick-me sign on the back of Sigmund Freud. Uh, so far, the most unbelievable thing in this movie is the fact security guards at a mall would be doing their job. Exactly. But more believable than that is uh, them arresting people who weren't actually doing anything. Yeah, oh, that's they, true. That never happens. And so then it's the Suddenly, all these historical and- people are treated like black people at the mall, arrested <laughs> for just being there. Yeah. So, and a and, white and, woman and- just called the cops on, uh, on Abraham Lincoln. And, uh... uh at the jail, why is Bill's dad booking Lincoln? That seems like something to be done by the people lower on the totem than him, but whatever. Although, considering then, this this whole police department is, like, two small rooms, mm-hmm. like, and there's only about eight people who work here. There, I guess there's not too many other people that could, could, could like, yeah, I get the idea, like, the number of people who work at the police department are, are pretty much built at, like, yeah, Ted's dad and, like, three interns, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Back at the school, some jock is failing at his speech utterly <laughs> and totally. This is other people's favorite part of the movie. I mean, it is iconic, but... Then, but. but then he just says, San Dimas ru- High School Rules! And yeah. the crowd says, yay! I did notice, too, and, when the... Uh, and then, when, enjoy your lifelong job working at the bait shop, good sir. <laughs> San Dimas High School Football Rules! <laughs> I, just, I, I did it's a great, because like, the, the entire crowd is completely lost to his speech, what the fuck, because he's just saying, his computers, man, but I do love how he gets the, like, almost like a standing ovation just for saying Sandy was football, high school football yeah. rules. I did notice, too, uh, when the uh, history teacher is checking off uh, the list of names and getting closer to Bill and Ted, uh, I guess that guy's name is like Ox Morton or something like that, too, so that, that's almost mm. like something out of Riverdale. Archie comics and the fact that that guy would name his name would be Ox, but yeah. So, uh, at the jail, Ted tries to talk to his dad, but he tells him just to go home and pack his bags. Yeah, and he goes outside, and Missy drove them there, and they decide that they can travel back in time and uh, pass the after after they pass the final and leave. Ted's dad's keys that for them. Yeah, they just realized with the time machine, they can do anything they want as long as they remember to do it after this afternoon is over. So they can just go back in time and give them anything they want or need. 
Yeah. Which, again, should yeah. make them into gods. Like, yeah. you could fight, like, the Mongol army as long as you f figure out a way to swindle, uh, get yourself a nuclear bomb. Uh, wherever you're, you know, like, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you, you could, sh you should be able to fight or trick your way out of any possible situation as long as you just promise yourself to sneak yourself whatever thing that you need to, to, to fight people or, or get out of a situation with. Like, this is... A fucking yeah. dangerous use of time travel that, like I said, yeah, most other most other things that involve time travel, like, avoid using this tactic, because it is just a get-out-a-permanent a, a get-out-of-jail-free uh, ticket for, from a plot mm -hmm. perspective, but I love how this movie just leans into it like a motherfucker, yeah. That's the yeah. whole ending of the movie. So they, they, they use that to help them sneak around the police station, which is the least guarded police station in the history of ever. Yeah, like I said, there's three people and, and there, and everyone's going out of their way to not look at Bill and Ted. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no one seems to notice or care. The two teenage boys are walking around, looking at papers, telling them to duck, and just generally being terrible at sneaking. It was the 80s. There wasn't a lot of crime to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So they just go and unlock the cells and let everybody out. It and... is. Well, and there's a thing where they, like, uh, as in order to distract uh, Ted's dad, uh, uh, Bill has to remind Ted to later on bring a... Uh, tape recorder with Bill's voice saying, Hey, Dad, over here! And put it on a timer for, like, 2.15. Put it over in the corner so Bill's... Yeah, so, so Ted's dad is distracted. And if, they write a note to themselves on the secretary's uh, typewriter. Yeah, if there's one thing I remember from the 80s, it's the tape recorders, their speakers were good enough that you could totally just mistake it for the sound of a real human voice. For five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> while you're supposed to be this, like, professional detective, and you can't figure yeah. out it's just a tape recorder. <laughs> and... He finds the tape recorder, goes back to the cells, and asks them what they're doing. Ted closes his eyes and says, trash can, trash can, remember the trash can. And then a trash can falls from the sky and on his dad's head. Well, this is while says... selling his rules on the trash can. And the dad, for some reason, can't just lift it off his head. He stands there for five minutes going, Hey, who turned off the lights? What's going on? While everyone very slowly escapes the jail, and no one else notices either. It's totally like... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a comedy. Yeah, it's not supposed to make sense, but the moment you try to apply any kind of logic to anything, it thinks... I'm trying to think... Because they suddenly... How did they sneak out the window, with which has bars yeah. on it? Mm -hmm. Suddenly the bars are gone? Yeah. I wonder if there's like a deleted scene there explaining how they got rid of the bars. So, Bill and Ted go to school. Oh, and it's the missing report. keys. It turns out Bill had the missing keys the whole, or Ted had the missing keys yeah. the whole time, which is I always yeah. thought that was kind of a clever subplot too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which, so they go and do their report. Which, if the teachers didn't know any better, and they don't, it just seems like they hired a bunch of actors to say who they they are, give their history report for them. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. That's. Detailed enough that like you would actually even be suspicious because this presentation is so good and so well written, you would assume that Bill and Ted just got so, tricked someone into also writing the presentation. So even then, even mm -hmm. if you just assume that like okay, well it's obviously just fake, it's just special effects and a bunch of actors, you would I, I guess Bill and Ted would have to be leaning the idea that like that the 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 teacher would think well at least they wrote the script and so they wouldn't be able to write the script and put on such an amazing show if they didn't actually know something about these people because they are presenting a ton of historical information yeah uh but yeah billy, yeah billy kid comes out shoots a gun in the air <laughs> which in this and, day and age is a little more questionable the yeah, dude just firing he's, a he's, fucking handgun in the middle of a high school yeah 
He's like, here's Bill and Ted. And then Missy comes in to watch sitting next to the teacher and being like, long time no see. Yeah. She comes so, this close to giving him a BJ while the, uh, the presentation's <laughs> going on. And then they show off all the people they've kidnapped throughout time. <laughs> and that's how Bill and Ted should have phrased it. Hey, here's all the people we've stolen and forced to... I don't know, give their life story to a bunch of strangers for five minutes before we return them back to their home eras. Both of their dads show up yelling about shit, and Ted is translating through Socrates. He says he loves baseball. When did he ever see baseball? How does he love baseball? I'm assuming part of the joke is that, like, Ted really... Of course, Ted doesn't know Greece. Greek? What? How do you... Whatever Greek... Whatever they spoke in ancient Greek, I would assume Ted's just making up whatever. Because, like... Yeah. Uh, even at a certain point, like, Ted's like, oh, and he loves billiards. And mm. I guess Socrates so understands English enough to realize that's wrong because he gives him this weird look like, what? I didn't say that. Yeah. yeah. So then time goes forward and Freud is analyzing Ted. actually a cute little scene. He's like, yo, your dad's your dad really sucks ass. <laughs> Pretty Ted's much. Like, Whoa. And Freud is like, hey, Bill, you went on, on this? And he's like, nah, I just got a mild Oedipus complex. Yeah, and, and Missy looks at the teacher and it's kind of like, oh. It's, it's a funny line that made me laugh, but no fucking way does he know what it but is. But that's the joke. And <laughs> plus, but, but that's, plus, that's the joke, dot gif. Plus, yeah. Missy isn't even his mom. Well, so yeah, but that's the well, said minor. That's yeah, the yes. Well, and one interesting thing: the Bill's dad essentially disappears from the rest of the movie after this, which kind of suggests that, like, like maybe that little presentation with Freud was enough to convince him to like lay off uh, uh, Ted a little bit because mm. suddenly the threat of uh, uh, military schools suddenly stops being a thing. Like, yeah. So here's Genghis Khan to do some spear twirling. He does some cool spear. Yeah. I mean, Al Leong, you know, fucking stunt man. He's pulling off his, you know, he's fucking all Darth mauling it up on stage for a while. Yeah, it was a big furry hat, man. That was something because they filmed this in Arizona. Like, man, that must have not been fun. Yeah, so they keep showing off history, dudes. And... Yeah, Joan of Arc does some <laughs> it stage fighting. It would have been funny if about like one or two of these history people they were like, and Joan of Arc died a horrible death being burned at the cross, and she'd be like, well, most what? of these people die <laughs> fucked up deaths or like were murdered or had mur yeah. killed themselves with poison to escape political enemies. Yeah, it would have or... been funny for it to at least tap bring that up and one of the characters be like, what? What? Wait. And then at the after the presentation over, it'd be like, you were just kidding about that, right? Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> I'm just picturing them. Like, everyone's just waiting to see how they... Because, like, at some point in the presentation, they're out to say, like, when they mention, like, okay, when do I die? Like, what's going on? Okay, I'm helping you, but, like, give me some... D and everyone's like, well, wait, you didn't get to the meaty part that would, like, th that would actually benefit us knowing about it. Like, come on. Like, we're helping yeah. you out with the goddamn paper. At least tell me, like, you know, if I get assassinated, can you at least kind of give me the which month it is so I can kind of try to meet avoid it a little bit? But, yeah. Mm -hmm. We wash your hand. And you wash ours a little bit. Come on, man. And now for their last speaker, good old Abe. Uh, he says, Four score and seven minutes ago, we, your forefathers, <laughs> were brought upon this most excellent adventure, Aww. conceived by our new friends, Bill and Ted. These two great gentlemen are dedicated, and a proposition which uh, was true in my time, just as it's true today. Being excellent to each other and party on, dudes! Man, that, and that's, it, yeah, that's and a big you, button on the trailer brought, right there, yeah. You brought it up earlier, but is this the worst fake word in the history of cinema? It, I mean, in HD, because it is a piece of fucking juicy mint. 
gum just stuck mm -hmm. to his face. It's barely even yeah. the right like skin tone. Like you can see where it's not blended at all. It just like just stuck yeah. there on his cheek. Uh, yeah, so, it's you know I'm sure there's been worse cinematic. Oh no, 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 we're not slagging on his performance or anything like that. But I was gonna no. say there's, there's there's definitely been worse uh, cinematic. Uh, Abe Lincoln's, but yeah, the makeup. Again, this movie was made probably for about twenty bucks. <laughs> they spent all the movie yeah. on the CGI 3DO circuits of time. <laughs> they couldn't. Yeah, yeah the makeup department a... wasn't. Yeah, didn't have too much cash. Uh, but yeah, this is the big standing big... ovation. Yeah. Everybody's yay, hooray! And then everybody gets in the phone booth. It's interesting to see because, like, you can see that obviously no, no, like these nine people can't fit in that phone booth, and you kind of see that everyone, as they're walking into the phone booth, there's a little bit of door in the back that's leading out into the curtains mm. that were they're actually kind of filing out through the back of the phone booth a little bit if mm. you're really paying attention. But yeah. So they, Bill and Ted, say thank you, Santa Jesus High, and they get inside and they go into the past. Everyone cheers. I guess that's an A plus. Sure. I guess so. And I do like everyone's like, we want more, we want more, and nothing happens because that's it. That there's no encore here. <laughs> Yeah. should have said something like okay guys no encore we'll see you guys on monday i guess we're graduating next week whatever okay bye yeah. but it's a great little light so, show it is yeah i mm -hmm. always did love that scene so back in the garage they're filming themselves again and ted says we traveled through time i mean we met lots of great leaders and we got an a plus on our history report but look at us nothing's different and somebody says or one of them says maybe it's time we learned how to play and then zip zap zoop Rufus comes in from outside with the princesses in dumb 80 dresses. I mean, the babes. It's the babes. <laughs> like I said, like, uh, it's not even, like, mid-80s kind of chic. It's, like, shitty, like, 1989, like, pale pastel mall fashions. Like, fashion mm -hmm. bug. It's, like, yeah. yeah, and their hair is super fucking teased into, like, ratty ramen-looking hair and... Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think these ladies are cute, but, like, yeah, like, the, the, I mean, they're they're fashion victims of 1989. What are you going to do? Yeah. So, uh, Rufus says that he got the princesses out of England just before they had to marry those royal ugly dudes. Uh, that's not going to fuck up history at all. No, sir. Yeah. Uh, it's worth it. It's worth it. So Bill long Ted as you just guys did get kidnap, like, off. nine of the most important people in history for, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> they're like, yeah. If there's any damage to be done in this uh, adventure, it's already been done. Yeah. So they can ask Rufus how he can ever, they can ever thank him. And he says they, they can sign this for his kids. They're big fans. And everybody is wild. Stallion's music is the foundation for a whole society. Aww. Aww. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and like the, the the album cover art is just a hologram of Bill and Ted like doing the air guitar thing and yeah. the Wild Stallions logo. And turns out the princesses are part of the band, so Rufus has mm -hmm. to get their autographs too. Yeah, and he says that's why he was sent time to make sure they pass their history report. And if you guys were separated, it would have been disastrous for life as we know it. Uh, and their their music's gonna put it into war and poverty, it aligned planets and bringing their, them into universal harmony. Yeah, that's when he talks about yeah, the communication with like aliens and dogs and pet cats and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah, it's a nice. Plus, it's this is the more dancing. idyllic version of the future. It's not just about water slides and, and mini golf store scores, but it's still nice to think it's a nice goofy little fantasy, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather he, live in that future than Star Trek: The Next Generation's future. Rufus is like, I got a surprise for you. So he goes to a booth, back to the phone booth, comes back with two brand new guitars. Yeah, headless, he weird, out, weird little headless guitars. Yeah. And he's like, to help you start your band. <gasps> Thanks, Rufus. Excellent. So, uh, 
He asks if he could jam with them, and they're like, you know how to play? And he says, I play a little. And then he grabs one of the old cards and plays very well. Plays and really it's really super good. obvious that the guy playing me, the me, guitar me, me, me. is not fucking Charles Nelson Riley. But Charles like, Nelson? Uh, nope. He's, well, you don't know that. It could be it Charles Nelson It could be, Nelson actually, because you don't see his face, but... Yeah. Uh, it's George Carlin like making like, like I'm doing a guitar face intercut with someone else completely <laughs> different playing the guitar. I think the guy who's the guy not Van Halen who's the guy who did uh, guitar for like the Halo games. I think that's um, the guy that got to body double to play that guitar. Solo. Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the idea that Randy Newman could really shred. Just no one asks him to. They just want him to sing blah 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 blah. blah. Do his best so, fucking, uh, 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 who's the fucking old folk guy that fuck Bob Dylan impression, but yeah. Mm. But yeah, and then so, everyone starts, to, uh, everyone else starts to play the music and they're fucking terrible. I do like how it leads mm-hmm. up because it's like, the, even the music rises and everything, you think it's going to be Bill and Ted, like, finally playing their first good song. And of course, every, like, this is the first time the, the, the princes, they've even seen, like, a modern musical instrument. So you've got the red-headed princess just banging on the drums randomly. You've got the hot princess just, like, plinking on the keyboard. And Bill and Ted are just doing their terrible thing. And it's this cacophony yeah. of sound. And George Carlin just turns the camera and says, well, they do get better. Shoulder mm. shrug? Burned. And almost, I, I'm surprised it doesn't iris out. And go, pew! And then smash yeah. cuts into the credits and... Yeah, it's it's a cute enough movie. It's the perfect film. <laughs> it's, it's cute. You're cute. You when I whenever I see your baby John, I'm just like it's a cute enough baby. It's a cute enough baby. <laughs> it's okay. I guess he's got all his limbs. I guess that's much you can ask for these days. Oh my god. It, yeah. Yeah. It's not hilarious. It's not blastingly bad yeah. or anything. But it's it's a lighthearted fun romp. When you're mentally damaged really like I am, any... and you've grown up with this film as much as I have, I, yeah, it's 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 entwined in my DNA. But I'm yeah, at least you had a decent time with it. Yeah, thank it's, you. It's, it's a good enough movie. So much for sacrificing <laughs> your time for letting me talk about Bill and Ted for a little bit while, especially because yeah, it's, it's especially nice because, like I said, we just did Bogus Journey not that long ago, and I think last week they announced that we talked about a little bit about this while talking about Bogus Journey, but uh, it was only like the week or two before when we talked about Bogus Journey that. Uh, the writers of uh, the Bill and Ted movies and Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves were talking about they were hoping to make a third film. And the week before mm-hmm. we were recording this episode right here, they've announced that they've actually gotten the financing. It sounds like it might actually really happen. It's no longer just a hypothetical. It's not just a script anymore, but it sounds like they've locked in like the guy who directed Galaxy Quest, which is a really great movie. Like He's going to be the director, and they've announced a title, Bill and Ted Face the Music. It's supposed to be about... Uh, Bill and Ted, uh, struggling with the fact that, like, the future, as prophesized in these two movies, have never come to pass, you know, because it takes place in, like, whatever year the movie's gonna finally come out, like, presumably, like, 2019 or 2020, and, yeah, like, obviously, if anything, society's gotten worse, and it's gonna be Bill and Ted, you know, like, trying to, like, like, figure out why, why the hell future as as depicted in those movies never happened and they're they're no they're not famous that they're just schlubs and that'll be kind of curious depending on how this that's executed that could be super interesting yeah um like a sequel that's actually like a sequel that takes place 30 years after like the original films that actually like has to really struggle with the fact that it would take place 30 years after the original films and it wasn't was isn't just gonna be a fun star wars revival but it would still be a fun comedy but like yeah, it's still, I don't know. 
Still have to deal with the legacy of these films promising one version of the future. That obviously wasn't going to happen because it's just such a silly cartoony version of the future, but I don't know. What? I don't know. Yeah, it's Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Bill loves it. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. I love you so much. <laughs> I do have trivia about the film. Okay. Uh, Bill and Ted just started off as a dumb goof between writers Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, uh, which they th- uh, turned into a comedy skit called Bill and Ted and Bob. Um, and then, on the recommendation of Chris Matheson's father, who was famed science fiction writer uh, Richard Matheson, Chris and Ed took a skit about Bill and Ted becoming time travelers and turned that into a script. Um, mm. And in kind of focusing that, 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 that whole comedy routine into a script, they decided to get rid of uh, Bob. They just focused, uh, just, just whirled it down to two characters rather than three. Um, the original idea had Bill and Ted accidentally causing all the greatest tragedies in human history while time-traveling, everything from causing the Black Plague to the sinking of the Titanic, but, uh, the writers Chris and Ed realized that a script where the heroes end up being responsible for the deaths of millions of innocent people would be a hard sell in Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood. Yeah, uh, which they probably. are correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that would have been, from a black humor perspective, that would have been amazing, but, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're just trying to sell a movie in the early 80s... Uh, that would have been rough, especially because I know they, I listened, before we did the Bogus Journey uh, podcast episode, I listened to the commentary for both uh, Bill and Ted's before that, and a uh, big part of the commentary was uh, Ed Solomon, I can't remember if Chris, Chris Matheson was on there too, but they were talking about how, they started like writing the script in like 1981, and it didn't get, like, get picked up until like 1986, it was like five years of working on the script, and so it went through a whole bunch of different versions and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, also, early versions of the scripts uh, had Bill and Ted running around in a time-traveling van, but Back to the Future caused them to change that to a time machine uh, that was shaped mm. like a, t- a phone booth, but the writers had never heard of Doctor Who, so of course, as soon as the movie everyone movie came out, everyone was like, oh my god, you ripped that off from Doctor Who, and they were like, the fuck is Doctor Who? Uh, also, yeah, good. No, I said whoops. Nope, yep. Also, in those early drafts, Bill and Ted were more like the dazed and confused hippie burnouts, uh, dressed in bell bottoms and kind of more just like hippie slang and stuff like that. They were more like, yeah, more like Van Halen. Not quite the hair metal kind of dudes yeah. that they're in this movie, but a little more like, yeah, I would, especially, I guess it makes sense with uh, the writers that started writing the script in like 1981. It makes sense that like they would be more kind of like late 70s burnouts rather than like the late 80s bozos that kind of like southern california beach bums that the bell and ted mm-hmm. kind of turned out to be eventually too um also like the, the writers have always said that like once they cast uh keanu reeves and alex winter into the roles that kind of changed the the, the 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 writing a lot too because they wanted to tailor the script for those guys um the original ending had bill and ted letting the historical figures do a skit in front of their history teacher's classroom before bill and ted went to prom with the princesses but everyone agreed that ending sucked, and so they came up with a whole auditorium production instead. Because it really was just uh, the, the, the like the nine historical figures just yeah going into that tiny-ass little classroom and kind of doing just a couple little things, and that was the end of the movie. And everyone was like, for hmm. like something that's supposed to be an excellent adventure, this is like really anticlimactic. And so I guess on the fly they said, well, what if they had a whole like auditorium and like a big stage that they could have like lasers and smoke, and like they come out and do like choreographed fighting and just actually like have put on a real production that could amaze the whole school and so on a whim mm. they kind of came up with all that stuff and refilmed the ending and instead of yeah bill and ted going to the prom it's just them hanging out in the garage which is a nice little button 
uh, and or uh, yeah. uh, bookend to the beginning of the film and stuff too. So uh, definitely an improvement. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis went bankrupt shortly after filming was completed and the film was shelved for over a year. Dino De Laurentiis being a Hollywood producer, mogul dude, whose company Dino De Laurentiis film produced the film. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure almost wound up being released straight to video until Nelson Entertainment bought up the film and released it two years later in 1989. All instances of 1987 had to be dubbed into 1988 as a result. Uh... And lastly, the phone booth from this film was later given away in a Nintendo Power contest to promote the terrible NES LJN game. Mm, oh my LJN. god. I just watched the AV Angry Video Game Nerd episode about that game today. Man, I didn't realize that was that fucking bad, the Bill and Ted Nintendo mm. game. Like, yeah. like, even... It's LJN. Yeah, but even... Angry video game, uh, angry video game nerd cl uh, claims that that's even the like that may be the worst LJN game, which that's saying a hell of a lot, because LJN games are fucking bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Kid in Mississippi won the contest, and Nintendo paid to have the booth installed into his bedroom and paid his family's phone bills for a year. Hmm. So unless that kid went nuts and sold that uh, phone booth on, e on eBay, yeah, there's some somewhere in Mississippi. There's still. A children's bedroom with <laughs> Bill and Ted's original phone booth installed inside. Um, Neat. At that rate, you think it would have been easier instead of like shipping the actual prop from the film from like L.A. to uh, uh, Mississippi? You think they would have just talked to a junk dealer in Mississippi and said, "Yeah, you guys have a phone booth that we could just send to these people and say it's from the Bill and Ted movie, <laughs> just install mm -hmm. it." Uh, but yeah, that's I, the fact that the <laughs> the fact that the Bill and Ted phone booth wound up being given away in a Nintendo Power contest in a in a tie-in deal for a Nintendo game. That again, that is like perfect late '80s, like 1989. Like, mwah, love it. It's fucking fantastic. It's, it, it couldn't have been better if even if like Batman Returns had been about like the penguin like dispensing like evil programmed super nintendo games or to gotham to kill people or something like that like it's like perfectly of its time i fucking just from a nostalgia perspective it's great but that mm -hmm. is the end of my rambling about the greatest <laughs> the uh -huh. goddamn citizen kane of citizen kane uh -huh. movies uh -huh. citizen kane of comedies bill and ted's excellent adventure no comedy will mm. ever top it, except for maybe Raising Arizona, or Ghostbusters, mm. or mm. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm. <laughs> I have a lot of favorite films. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Very predictable films for someone who grew up in uh, the 80s, but... Well, what about the, the comedy that we're going to do next week, Bill? What are we going to do next week? We're going to talk about the hilarious, underappreciated... Under it is. Maybe the de uh, best Disney movie ever made. Emperor's New Groove. Yes! And we might have, with uh, if the stars align and everything works out, we might have a special guest joining us for that episode, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that now, just in case they back out. I want to make them feel bad if, if anything happens. But yeah, yeah we should. it sounds like it's actually going to happen. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I'm going to throw some salt Hopefully. over my shoulder and, and, and pray that it works out. But yeah, uh, Emperor's New Groove. It's going to be a, our last project for this month of stuff, of talking about stuff that we love. But yeah, Emperor's New Groove. Our month of stump. <laughs> I don't know if it's yeah. the best Disney movie ever made, but it's probably the best fully animated. Because Mary Poppins is pretty goddamn good. That's better than Mary Poppins. <sighs> Do you like it better than Sword in the Stone? 
Because you keep I, on pushing I, me to do. Oh, I mean, this is a t- conversation for next different. week. It's different. It's yeah. 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 Did you see the movies with Mikey uh, animation episode? That's a bit largely about Sword in the Stone that came out this week. Mm. I did not. Okay, but he spends a lot of time talking about that. Anyway, I know you got a baby to take care of. You probably have to use the bathroom or something. We'll wrap this up. Yeah. I'm so going to go back in time to plant the end of this podcast right now so we can use it. That was, that was Bill and Ted. Uh, next time, Sam Perry's new groove. Until next time, bye. Oh, we're Tardy Podcast on Twitter. TardyPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. He's Bill. He's Mudrin on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Apparently, now, since I did it, we have a Facebook page. You can like us on Facebook if you're not ashamed of us. Uh, was it Facebook.com slash Tardy Podcast? That is correct, sir. Oh, my God. I think that's the first time I've actually meaningfully <laughs> contributed to the, like, the link section at the end you of the podcast. You did it. You did it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bare bones, but it's going to be a place where you can get new episodes and whatnot, just like the website. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's go there. Do, so, I don't know so how you interact you... with us in a meaningful way on Facebook, but try. I'd love, love to see you guys try. Bill and I do not use Facebook, so this will be an interesting experience. I suspect a ghost town is coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, see, no, we don't want it to become a ghost town. I want it to be used, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll so, see. Yeah. But that's not, yeah. Next time it's in for his new groove until then, keep filling your host's culture and party on, dude. Uh, be excellent to each other. Bill, my friend. Yes, Ted, my friend. This has been a most excellent adventure.